listening to the Franchise Podcast Network, presented by Lucky Star Casino. You're listening to The Soccer Show, brought to you by Oklahoma City FC and the Broadway Clinic on 1077 The Franchise. Oklahoma City, a new era of the soccer show kickoffs off here tonight. Ryan Chapman, Matt Burton, soccer show brought to you as always by Oklahoma City FC and the Broadway Clinic. Matt, good evening. Hello. We're not going to talk about that Woo! production just beauty that just happened. Woo! Start off hot, baby. Produce for a living. It's great. <laughs> we speak, produce and speak for a living. We love that. We both produce. We both speak for a living. Woo! Uh, we both failed on that front. As <laughs> I know you literally can't see what's happening right now, but I just want to know. Usually you would think this is kind of easy sometimes. <laughs> it's not, by the way. Former athletes, back off! <laughs> um, we pushed the button to turn it on. Matt, how many attempts do you think it took for you to turn on my it's microphone? Seven, I think. I don't know. We got a faulty button, I think. We I'm blaming the button. button. It's a faulty button. We've had a faulty button for a couple of weeks. Uh, here we are. Here We're on Thursdays. This is where we're going to be. From here, moving forward, if you will remember, go deep into the recesses of your brain last year. Uh, it's about this time of year that Todd and I moved to Saturdays. Uh, why? Because, well, we get loaded up with our spring programming, right? The Road to OKC has kicked off and it's underway. Uh, that's every Wednesday night from 8 to 9 p.m. with Alex Strocko and myself. Got the franchise outdoor hour. And things are just going to get shifted around a ton because you've got Wednesday basketball games. We've already had to move up to Tuesdays a couple of times for that. You've got softball that's about to get going. You've got baseball that's about to get going. And so when you look across in the schedule, it's just a lot easier to air on Thursdays from 8 to 9 p.m. Now, what will change? Other than that, nothing. Not a whole lot. Uh, we're still going to be on the podcast feed, both Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Just search The Soccer Show if you've missed anything. We're also on the franchise website, thefranchiseok.com. The show will always be up there as well. We're just going to be coming at you on Thursday nights from 8 to 9 p.m., that's okay. Uh, a lot of times, frankly, I'm just going to peel the curtain back. We're, we're pretty transparent here. A lot of times we're going to record still on Wednesday nights because that's what works best with my schedule. Matt, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I make you hang out here. Uh, so there may be a, a couple of times, like, for instance, last week we kind of would have been up a creek. We would have uh, recorded our show. It would have been great. And then the bombshell drops yeah. Thursday morning. We wake up and Jurgen Klopp has announced his resignation, I guess, at the end of this season with Liverpool. We're going to talk about that a ton here. That's going to dominate the A block of the show. Uh, so just bear with us. We promise we'll always work hard to uh, get back. And, and and that means also that we're going to put a lot of bonus pods out on uh, the soccer show feed for stuff like that. If we miss something, I will make Matt, I will force him at gunpoint. I will drag him into the studio yes. right after he said on Thursday and be like, hey, by the way, we missed this. Let's put out a bonus pod where we can go for however long we want to talk about stuff like that. But that's just how it's going to roll going forward. Otherwise, everything you're going to hear is the same. Uh, we're still going to be able to recap Champions League stuff on Tuesday, Wednesdays. Obviously, a ton of the Premier League, what we focus on a bunch. Uh, we're just going to be here on Thursday. So we're happy to have you along here. As, as everything else, like I said, exactly the same. Still brought to you by Oklahoma City FC and the Broadway Clinic. Incredible sponsorship. We're so thankful to them as always. And uh, Juice to get rolling here as we're we're a Thursday soccer show moving forward. We, we, we're built for the Europa League as, as Chelsea Manchester United fans. We absolutely are. Uh, you love to see it. We are built for that schedule. We just won't have to go, you know, to 
Ukraine, someplace in Ukraine. Correct. Well, or... actually, I think it'd be kind of fun if you and I right. took a flight to the Ukraine, right? Recorded the show for an hour in the airport, and then immediately like took a flight back. Right. I think we should we should do that, or going to Denmark, like or something like that. We just we have to come up to the studio, so it's not like that yeah, bad, yeah. you know. It's not exactly. as bad as the Europa League, but still I'll, same schedule. Although I'll tell you. Something I don't miss from being from three to six, the 35 traffic northbound feels like I'm driving to Ukraine That's and, very and to Belarus sometimes because it just takes four. I just a drive that takes me 15 minutes in the morning just took 35 minutes. But here we are. <laughs> here we are. But we have big manager news off the top. We're going to recap the FA Cup. But we're going to do that in the second segment. We're going to recap the return of the Premier League. We'll do that to close the show. But we had two bombshells, really, Matt. We had the Jurgen Klopp news in England. Then we had Xavi in Spain with Barcelona. One of those things, and so um, we're going to talk about both of these, what it means for our friends at Bayer Leverkusen and all that stuff, but let's start with the longer tenure and, and the more trophy-riddled tenure, which is Jurgen Klopp leaving Liverpool. This is something that's, at the same time, Matt, it was shocking in the announcement, but when you took a step back, and, and I've alluded to this, there's a lot going on behind the scenes at Liverpool right now. There was... The stories last summer that, that FSG, Fenway Sports Group, is looking to shop Liverpool, whether that means a, a stake of it or whether actually selling off the entire club. You've got basically they're, they've been rolling with an interim sporting director. I know that Jurgen Klopp has a big say in that anyway, but it's, it's all on Jurgen Klopp's shoulders right now. Um, and after, um, oh gosh, I, I feel awful. The, the architect who basically helped Jurgen Klopp build his Liverpool 1.0 squad, uh, who everyone's been after, and he's on sabbatical. I just... Can't for the life of me remember that right now. But since he left about a year and a half ago, that, that's been kind of uh, the spot that Liverpool's been in. And, and when as we've kind of read the coverage, I'm actually kind of happy that we've had a couple of days to, to read some more of the coverage. And what it kind of came down to is Klopp gave him a big interview where he talked about how in November, that's when you start planning next year's preseason, which sounds like a lot of Premier League clubs are coming over to right. the United States again. No PL Summer Series. Uh, Chelsea, the only champions of the PL Summer Series ever. <laughs> That'll go down. You'll never sing that. Uh, book it. But uh, as he was starting to, to make the plans for this next summer, he realized he didn't have 100% of the energy. He wasn't totally all the way in it. And, and he didn't want to uh, be in this job where he can't give everything. And Klopp is more than just a manager, right? He's, he's an expert tactician, one of the best that we have in world football right now, but he's he's a personality. He's a recruitment engine, right? Jurgen Klopp being involved in people's recruitment is part of why Liverpool landed Allison. It's part of why they landed Virgil van Dijk. Uh, him being out in front of just everything that's happened, the, the connection he's built with the club, uh, with the fan base, all that stuff. He is more than just a manager, and, and I totally respect someone who says, I, if I can't give you 100, yeah. I, I don't want to, to shortchange you. And so... He obviously gave the interview that he's not going to work for at least a year, whether it be national team or club. He says he's never going to manage another club in England. I love Jose Mourinho. When Jose would say stuff like that, I was like, okay, yeah, buddy. You're right, of course. <laughs> we'll, yeah. we'll see you back around. I believe it with Jurgen, stuff like yeah. that. And so this this is a massive, massive blow um, to Liverpool. He's a guy that it's easy to forget before um, he arrived. Liverpool's in a spot that's kind of similar to where I feel like, um, and they're not perfect comparisons because every club has their own challenges, but they're in a similar spot to where Arsenal was late, 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 Wenger, uh, before Arteta really got yeah. this thing going, where Chelsea United are kind of right now as far as you still have the stature, but you're mm. you're not firing in every competition, competing on four fronts every single year. Uh, not just the average points per year, which I think is an important thing to talk about um, when you look at his whole 
tenure because I, I think he would be a Sir Alex-like figure as far as trophy cabinet if he didn't just happen to exist at the time where, unfortunately for him, uh, the best tactician we yeah. have maybe ever um, happened to be residing in the same league with with much more financial resources than Liverpool. So this is going to be a massive blow and a massive transition that the Reds are going to uh, undertake. It is. Uh, my My first thought was... Oh, thank goodness! Because right? like, I, I think once, there are a lot of people. Once, well, I, I will say, once I found out that it wasn't like, oh, his health is bad, or like something like, uh, like nothing wrong was happening. He's just tired, like, you know, just tired. Like, and then I was like, yeah, I feel like everyone that is not a Liverpool fan is in the same boat. It's like it was right. Saban esque, right? right? It was. Yeah. We, we talked about this. It was like the respect of when the entire SEC is like, thank God, that's like the biggest respect thing you can right. have when the rest of the Premier League is like. When Pep Guardiola is like, I sleep easier knowing Jurgen Klopp won't be yeah. familiar. That's about as big a respect stamp as you could get. Exactly, and that, again, yeah, like you said, that, that's not coming from a place of like, oh man, like you know, oh they sucked. Glad that he, they're getting rid. No, he was he was great, and Liverpool was great on this run, man. And uh, you know, I always, I always had like a soft spot for Jurgen Klopp, even though he like, is at United's biggest rival. But uh, I, I really did, man. He was. You could just, I think you could just tell that his players liked him. And I think that's in, in pro sports, I think that goes a long way. Um, and, and two, I mean, just look at this, this run since he took over uh, Liverpool, too. The 2016 2017 offseason, uh, he gets Sadio Mane, Joel Matip, and Jorginho Wijnaldum. Um, I mean, that's, that's solid just recruitment, right? And, yeah. and two, it, that was the whole thing. That I think I, I you know respected a lot about Liverpool too is they didn't really do it at like a Man City did like they're not like yeah you're you're spending like you know what thirty forty million like uh, but you're not spending a hundred million you're spending on one money guy. but you're not you're not doing the uh, was Van Dyke the biggest transfer they executed I think so but that was after and, and that they, was a January yeah. thing where there were extra negotiations that probably wouldn't cheaper if they waited in the summer but they right. needed them immediately and got them in and dude that I mean that was off the back of them getting a crap ton of money for Philippe Coutinho. To go into Barcelona, which, by the way, they got, oh, some guy named Mo Salah from that. They got some guy named Andy Robertson, you know, Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain. And then, yeah, again, like you mentioned, in January, Virgil van Dyke comes over. Like, that's just, uh, I mean, in two in two windows, you get Sadio Mane, Joel Matip, and Wijnaldum. You get Mo Salah, you get Robertson, you get Virgil van Dyke. Like, it's just, it's crazy. Like, that, and then that just spearheads... You know what you're doing. You bring a guy up from the ranks like Trent Alexander Arnold, and hey, the rest is kind of history. You know, um, I will say, like, it does kind of suck for them that the champion, the the Premier League that they did win, like, was during COVID, so the fans weren't kind of weren't around. It it really it look. I do not like Liverpool. I think Same. less of Liverpool fans. I don't actually like Jurgen Klopp. Like, yeah, I I respect everything that he is. I think he's a whiner, but like that that's just me. That like. Yeah. It, it, he's the guy that, like, it, I would kill to have. I mean, I we Chelsea had one, Jose Mourinho, but like right. another guy like him in charge that actually was able to not go to war with the upper management yeah. and, and build this great long. It, it's what everyone wants. Like when, when you're talking about what do you want, you want a guy that's going to ride for you, that embodies every bit of your history, that embraces it, that pushes it forward, all all that. So it, it, the kind of guy that Jurgen Klopp is is what every fan wants in their manager and if they say anything different they're just lying to you yeah like they just are yeah they, they are and i mean too like the the year after they get van dyke they put up 97 points but still finish second like to, to your point of like hey oh yeah well man city and 
and Pepper here. Like, <laughs> that's that's cool. But they put up 97 points and didn't win the league. And then the, the next year, you know, whenever they win it, they score 99. Like, it's like, the, I think the second most... As, uh, at that point, I think it was the second most point total. So yeah, both the year were, before both broke the points record. Like, right. when both teams in your division yes. break the points record, it's insane. That's what I mean. Like the year before, they scored two less points in the league and didn't win. Like it's just, it's crazy the the run that he went on. And uh, yeah, like you said earlier, man, it's kind of the ultimate sign of respect uh, that everyone in the in the Premier League, not named Liverpool, is like, thank God he's gone. <laughs> do you have a first memory? Do you remember when you like first? Uh, like, were new of Jurgen Klopp? Yeah, it was the uh, Champions League final. Him and uh, it was Dortmund and Bayern Munich. Yeah. For me, it was um, also in his Dortmund days. And it was like, I, I knew, like, the the name as far as, hey, Dortmund are playing really well. They're playing really attacking football. I, I don't catch a ton of Bundesliga, just no, frankly. No, either. But uh, the Jurgen Klopp, the headbutt. Do you remember the headbutt that, that he was a part of? I don't uh, think I did. On the touchline, just like, uh, and just seeing him just going to war. First off, it was, I was like, wait a minute, is that manager in a hoodie? I, I ride with that. <laughs> Love that. And it was a great, it was like, a, it wasn't just like a, some of the stuff that guys wear now. It was like a black Dortmund hoodie that was like a, a yellow script Dortmund. It was like a nice hoodie. It was <laughs> right. like, hey, everyone else around me is wearing suits. I need to find a nice hoodie, not just like right. the team issued hoodie. And, uh, and I, I just remember seeing then like, yeah, that kind of passion because I'm, I'm a Jose yeah. guy. You know what? Busted up in the tech layer, that kind of like passion. Like, I, I don't like buttoned up, um, just uh, stale, sterile oh, yeah. Yeah. guys like that, which is why uh, I, I part of what I like about soccer is like I feel it all passionately, which is why like Jurgen is someone that I see him and I have a visceral reaction only because he's a, a Liverpool guy. Like, if, if he was the Chelsea manager, I'd see him and I'd love him. You know what I mean? That's right. so why I love Thomas Tuchel, stuff like that. Uh, so it, it'll be interesting. Um the obvious name that first popped up for replacement will be Javi Alonso, who's sitting at Bayern mm-hmm. Leverkusen right now. Obviously, uh, former connection with the club as far as he, he was a player there, a beloved player there, yeah. and he seemed to really, really love his time there. Obviously, you you pair that with the fact that Leverkusen are absolutely on fire playing the style of football that you want. It's progressive. It's on the front foot, and they're winning, and they're winning big in Germany. Uh, in a league where obviously they are at a financial disadvantage to Bayern Munich. I think that that makes all the sense in the world. And frankly, Matt, I would be stunned if that wasn't the job. Uh, this is not a new thing. I mean, he was tapped up. Uh, he was in the early running as far as it was reported that, that Tottenham felt him out uh, a couple of times. And he was just like uh, looking for, he's looking for the right fit. And, and yeah. a guy that feels like he, he's not a mercenary by any means as far as what he wants to do. I think he would be a really, really natural uh, progression. But Whoever Liverpool goes out and get, it's the hardest part is like, it's the following a legend thing. It's the, yeah, it's, the fact, the it's the fact that like it doesn't matter how tactically great you are or how charismatic you are, you're not Jurgen, and it's just going to take a lot of time for whoever yeah. steps in next. It's going to be a tough Hell job man, to United, take over. United are still in that. United are still in that trying to find the guy to follow up the guy. Like it wasn't David Moyes, wasn't Louis Van Gaal, wasn't Jose. Like it, it's it's the, they they're still in limbo, and that's the that's the part where. You would hope upper management, but with their upper management kind of in flux, you just you don't really you don't really know because I mean, once Sir Alex Ferguson left United, it was on the Glazers to try to figure it out. They were just hiding behind him, like, okay, yeah, you're Sir Alex, you do whatever you want. And then now he leaves, and it's like, well, oh wait, we actually have to we actually have to do something. You know, we don't have this guy papering over 
all of the cracks uh, in this in this club. And so I, I think you know the only thing that would suck about um, you know them potentially missing out or them trying to get Javi Alonso is if Real Madrid comes open. And if Real Madrid has any interest in Javi Alonso, I think no disrespect to Liverpool fans, I think that's a no brainer. Like to go manage Real Madrid, place where he's played, you know, back home in Spain. Uh, but you just you, you don't really know. Like that that's still just up in the air, right? If if Ancelotti's gonna you know retire at the end or get fired, whatever. Like um, so, I, I think maybe and maybe that's the play too. Maybe Jurgen Klopp's announcing it now to knowing that hey, I know I'm done. This gives you guys you know however many months to sort of get ahead of anyone that could come in like a Real Madrid to try and get a guy like Javi Alonso that, you know, you really want. I think, too, that uh, it, it, this probably wasn't Jurgen's intention. I think Jurgen's intention is to be as little of a distraction as you yeah. can be. He knows that this is never going to be a no distraction. That's a pipe dream. So the best, the next best thing you can do is use it as a motivator. And and it speaks to his relationship with the players that it could be a motivator yeah, and not a, a distraction. And, and one of those things, too, where... Liverpool are still not just fighting, but favored on many, many fronts. They, they're still got four trophies in play from what they're still doing in Europe. Obviously, the FA Cup run, uh, the Premier League, where Liverpool had a great showing on Wednesday against Chelsea. We're going to talk about that uh, in the bottom of the hour. Uh, you saw just the reaction of, like, how could you not see the clip in that FA Cup tie against Norwich, the first home game out, the first match just in general, since Jurgen makes the announcement, and you knew it was going to be an even more full voice, full throated, yeah. you'll never walk alone. You know, one of those things where you look around, and you're just like, "This is why we love the sport, oh, yeah. right?" Like, like stuff like that, and we could feel it from our little. Uh, whether you're watching on Twitter, watching you on TV, so uh, it, it'll be really, really fascinating to see what Liverpool's next steps are. A huge blow, but happy that Jurgen's getting to go out on his own terms, and uh, we will miss you in the Premier League. But we won't miss you at the helm of a right. of a team that that's so good, and it's the uh, feels like again that's the ultimate tip of the cap. So a very different story uh, in Spain, Barcelona, fresh off a trophy laden season, kind of hitting a little bit of wobbles. The levers were they pulled the wrong levers apparently. Kronk uh, <laughs> was in charge, and not Ziva uh, was actually the problem there. And and uh, you have uh, Barcelona come out and, and basically at the end of. Uh, a really wild test. You have uh, Javi come out and just basically be like, yeah, so at the end of the year, I will be resigning because this is a toxic workplace yep. and I not respect it here and I hate it, which is just wild because it's a guy that um, not just worked and played under Pep, but had the support last year of some of those titans of Barcelona. And, and this is like, on, on one hand, I see so often um, the the Spanish model, the 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 fan-owned club model held up as like, this would be better than how it, it's run in the Premier League. And there are certainly merits to it. The flip side of that is you got guys like Laporta that get, that run on, I'm going to do this, this, and that, and get voted president of Barcelona. And it sounds like that not only are they running a transfer policy that kind of runs, flies in the face of what he wanted to do at Barcelona, he, that you've got the club president making lineup decisions, stuff like that. And uh, it, it's just one of those things where I, I could absolutely see why this would be an awful situation for any manager. And Barcelona's going to have a ton of pull. Uh, there, there's going to be a ton of names that will want to coach at Barcelona. But the question now Barcelona has to face is, are you willing to take a step back and try to get back to the La, La Masia model of promoting academy guys? They've got a bunch of really talented young guys who are kind of outperforming some of the guys they, they pulled yeah. levers to spend money on right now. 
Um, do you want to do that? Or because you have to appease sponsorships, because you have to raise money, because you have to fill seats in, in the brand new renovated new camp, do you want to continue to, to try and compete, even though you can't really compete with the financial match of the Premier League? And they're going to have to decide on that before they can even try to get a manager to sign up. This is going to be a really interesting managerial search for Barcelona, who are now going to enter that at the end of the year. Uh, huge respect for Xavi, too, for Xavi to just be like, you know what? No. No, I'm, I'm a club legend. Yeah, I'm a club legend here, and you guys are wanting me out the door uh, right away. I just, I, huge respect for that. I love that. Just standing on, just being like, no, I, I'm, I'm done. Uh, but I, I'm with you, man. It's, it's tough too. Whenever you bring through a guy, and he's like the best player of all time, and you're just riding that. And, and again, it's sort of like the following up the, the guy. I, I know Barcelona was was popular and good before Messi, but. You know, he brings you to heights that, you know, no one else really does outside of like, you know, Ronaldo and, and Real Madrid. So uh, it's tough. I can see why it's like, okay, we have all these expectations. Why aren't we meeting all these expectations? Well, one, you don't have the best player in the world anymore to sort of paper over those cracks. And um, yeah, just get back to you. Get back to you. Like you mentioned, La Masia, like get back to what Barcelona is. Uh, and then. You know, bring in some transfers here and there because Barcelona is still a huge club, still going to spend some money, but it just be a little bit smarter about it and try not to run out, you know, a club legend or, you know, the next manager that comes in that isn't, you know, getting you to the heights where Messi had you. Still a massive, massive, massive club where people will take a pay cut to play for Barcelona. Yeah. You're going to have incredible fan support. Uh, Barcelona, a badass place to live just as far as climate, weather, culture, all that fun stuff like there are a lot of perks to it, obviously. Yeah. It, it, it's just everyone in the world right now that's not in the Premier League is dealing with the fact that the Premier League has so much money. And now the Premier League is going to put itself in a spot where this is, again, what happened to Italy. Italy had so much money at the turn of, of 2000, and then they mismanaged it, and then they got into a situation where uh, they had priced themselves out, overspending for players, stuff like that. I'm really fascinated to see what the next five, ten years hold for the Premier League because you're already seeing stuff like, the Premier League is really only able to sell within the Premier League for some of these guys, yeah. stuff like that. Some of the wages that can be afforded, if you're just looking for wages, got to be back in the Premier League, stuff like that. And so it'll be really interesting to see what this managerial search looks like as well, is, is now you're going to have two massive, massive clubs in Liverpool and Barcelona trying to fill a manager spot in the same window. It should be uh, interesting to track, interesting to track in indeed. Hey, there was some soccer that actually happened on the pitch this past week between the FA Cup and the Premier League returning back to action in full swing from the winter break, post-winter festival, whatever you want to call it, the small little break. We're going to dive into all that and more on the other side when we get to the magic of the cup next here on The Soccer Show, brought to you by Oklahoma City FC and the Broadway Clinic. The Soccer Show is on Twitter. Give us a follow at Soccer Show 1077. Here on 107.7 Franchise, brought to you by Oklahoma City FC and the Broadway Clinic. Ryan Chapman alongside Matt Burton. we got some FA Cup action we need to recap before we dive back into all the Premier League hijinks from the weekend. And by weekend, I mean the midweek because that's what we did here uh, on this midweek. But real quick, before we, before we fire into that, 
Been a pretty quiet transfer window, but something that did go through on Wednesday is a U.S. men's national team star is on the move, and he is headed to the Premier League. Nottingham Forest signs forward slash attacking mid Gio Reyna from Borussia Dortmund on a loan move. So now you'll have Matt Turner and Gio Reyna at Forest. As Forest are obviously trying to build some points and bracing for what could potentially end up being a little bit of a point deduction. We'll see. We'll see for sure, though. Uh, it'll be cool to see Gio in the Premier League uh, as we'll get to kind of see him get tossed into a mid to lower table side and see uh, what he could do if he could provide any kind of boost here to the the final stretch of uh, fourth season. Yeah, that's going to be awesome, man. And, you know, any attacking guys that can come over and play in the Premier League, right? You had, you had Pulisic, you had uh, what Tyler Adams, I know he's more midfield, but Weston McKinney came over a little bit for Leeds last year. Now you get, excuse me, Gio Reyna in. I, I, I think that's nothing but good for uh, the U.S. men's national team as a whole. I, I just kind of like the new challenge of it. And uh, I mean, it, the physicality, we know that Premier League graphs, they're just like, they don't care. They're also pretty yeah. garbage most of the time. So it uh, should be kind of fun to see that. I, I just like to see him take on and get acclimated to a new challenge because I think that's really, really healthy for a lot of the members of the U.S. men's national team. As we get closer and closer to 2026, you obviously want them to be at spots where whether that's in the Bundesliga or in uh, the Dutch League or whatever, getting consistent minutes is the most important thing, being settled, being bedded in, being happy, being played in a position that they're going to be played for the U.S. men's national team. That is more key, but as of right now, at this stage in Gio Reyna's career, I'm excited to see what that challenge looks like. So something to look out for, something to track. But over to the FA Cup action, Matt. We started off on Thursday, Bournemouth and Swansea. Bournemouth shipped five past Swansea. Not only did they ship five past Swansea, they did it all in the first half. Uh, finished off with Dom Solanke's 44 minutes, fifth goal for Bournemouth. That was the fifth one. Goodbye, Swansea. We barely knew ye. And then we rolled into Friday, which was a pretty full slate. The two big ones involving two Premier League sides, Manchester City and Spurs. Manchester City scored their first win at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium since the new one opened. This was a really, really interesting matchup uh, in the draw when it came out, Matt. Not just because it's City and Tottenham, it's two massive, massive sides from the Premier League, but the fact that uh, we all just assume that City's inevitable, but Spurs have been kind of the big thorn in Pep's side yeah. pretty recently, uh, even this year. And a, a big one just kind of as it was a pretty cagey match, I thought. And then Ake comes up at the 88th minute winner. Uh, this this felt just like a classic. As open as the Premier League action has been, even in some of these matches involving the big clubs, this one felt like two teams understanding that let, let's not just totally go for broke in, yeah. in, in a way that's uh, – that, that, is reminiscent of just the fact that uh, they knew that, you know, one loss, obviously, in NFA Cup action dumps you out of the whole competition. Uh, Tottenham, you had one job, okay? You had one job to stop the, the treble thing again, the police. Like, what, what are you doing? I just... I don't need another treble out of uh, the noisy neighbors, okay? Yeah, I, I think that we're all good on the treble front, but uh, uh, this is one where there were only, like, six total shots on goal, uh, only one for Spurs. The, the attempts, though, from... From City, it wasn't like there was just a, uh, it wasn't like, oh my gosh, City were inevitable, stuff like that. It, it was pretty cagey, pretty back and forth. I, I really enjoyed this one as it was kind of double screening with obviously Chelsea and Villa. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, Chelsea and Villa, they brought donuts to the party, but that's they okay. They did, they that's, did. That's fine. 
They uh, they got into replay action. I think you saw uh, it was a really, really good uh, stretch to start from Villa, who had uh, the advantage of uh, their not in the Carabao Cup, and so they, they had uh, just their, their last Premier League action. They had uh, a little bit of time ramping into this thing. I think you saw that, you know, Chelsea were, were honestly kind of playing on the front foot for the first 60 or 70 minutes, and then they just didn't have as much rest, plus not as many guys healthy, and it looked like they kind of petered off toward the last 20 minutes. I think it was something that Villa were just happy to say, hey, the replay comes back to Villa Park. We're happy with yeah. that. And Chelsea were like, hey, as long as we just get to the replay, then sure, it, it'll be interesting there. That ended a bounce of uh, seven games on the bounce that, that Chelsea had won at Stamford Bridge in a row. Uh, wasn't a loss by any means, but it did muck that up. A pretty uneventful matchup, though, between um, Villa and Chelsea. A really nice Petrovic save, pretty much, but it was kind of uh, the thing that split them there. And then can also, I, can I say it? Yeah, we're all Maidstone United. Okay, we we're are all Maidstone. We are Maidstone United. We'll get there in a second. Bristol City and Forest. That was nil nil. There will be a replay there. Sheffield Wednesday and Coventry. That was one one. There will be a replay there. That got us to Saturday, my guy. Maidstone United going up against Ipswich, and it was not once, but twice for Maidstone. Reynolds puts one in right before halftime, just an absolute eruption, and it allowed us to believe. Because if you weren't happened to be locked into that one, it was one that you went into halftime, and you're like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, are they going to do the dang thing? Again, Maidstone United is one league below where Wrexham was last year. <laughs> I just, we are all Maidstone United, I, I, baby. Let's go. I feel like I, I need to say that over and over again in case you haven't been tracking it. Ipswich levels it in the 56th minute, but we'll be darned if Maidstone didn't go and grab that winner in the 66th minute. Non-league Maidstone United, they are through to the fifth round of the FA Cup, and it is beautiful because they're going to take on the winner of that Sheffield Wednesday or Coventry City matchup. Again, it's they're obviously going to be playing someone that's they're punched above their weight yeah. every single time. But they didn't draw just a, a murderer's row, something incredibly treacherous. So that'll be pretty cool, pretty cool indeed. Uh, Leeds and Plymouth Argyle, that was one one. They have a replay. Brighton absolutely battered Sheffield five two. Brighton are through. Newcastle a really dominant performance I thought against Fulham. Uh, Newcastle had a couple of really, really nice performances. We're going to talk about what they did to Villa here uh, when Premier League action gets back in. So we'll dive a little bit more into Newcastle there. You had a 3-0 win for Birmingham City. And then Luton. Luton are on a damn heater, Matt. 2-1 winners over Everton. They got a little bit of help in the form of an own goal. But it was Woodrow in the 90th minute, plus six, avoiding the replay, firing Luton through to the fifth round. That gave them the platform to absolutely pants Brighton on Tuesday, uh, are Luton suddenly going to just... It feels like they took their winter break after the festive period and said, look, boys, we are not out of this thing, right? We're yep. in it. We're in striking distance of safety and all that stuff for this back half of the year. Let's put the, let's put the stones on the table and just let it all hang out here. Don't look now outside of the relegation zone, but uh, I will say, like, they heard us talking before the season. They did. They must have played the soccer show. That's bulletin board material. We gave it out for free. And uh, shame on us for not believing in Kenilworth Road. It's shame on us indeed. I do fear for their fifth round uh, tie. Yep, yep. And you know what? Honestly, maybe it's best for them to then right. have a good moment and then duck out. Get that mental edge over Everton, a, a relegation battle team due to the points deduction. And then they're going to duck out because they're playing or City. Or go shock the world, they're baby. Play, they're playing City. But, 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 but. It's a home tie. It's a home tie. It, exactly. It's not been an easy place to go and play. Uh, 
out there. Yeah, Erling Holland comes sit on this leaky bucket. Get, get those boots on, baby. <laughs> Let's go. Lace them up. Lace them up. You go into Sunday. Wolves 2-0 winners over West Brom. Molyneux going to be popping. I think that they drew. the Yes, Molyneux drew uh, Brighton there in the next round. Watford and Southampton 1-1. That drew a replay. Liverpool absolutely shredded Norwich in that game we talked about. An absolute scene. And uh, Norwich, you were fighting destiny, basically. Yeah. In that moment there, uh, it, it would have been... Really just a travesty, frankly, if, yeah. if Norwich had spoiled the first game uh, at Anfield since Klopp made his announcement. And then Manchester United. Uh. Look at Manchester United. Go, Matt Burton. Four goals. What did you do with yourself on Sunday? It was, uh, that's just a shaky European tie. You know, that's, that's what it is at a tough away ground. I think that's, that's all we have to say about Newport County. Hey, I just, Rasmus Hoyland with the, with the, yeah. uh, not the, not the game winner, but the, the one that sealed it there. Uh, I, I I was I was with it. It was good. It was uh, good stuff. It was not good, Ryan. It was actually. great. You scored was, four goals. It was Matt. the worst. The first. Okay, so Kabi Mainu scores the second in the thirteenth minute, and I'm like, okay, they're gonna handle business. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. They're gonna do what. They started off so great. Ball was moving. Find the back of the net, and then nothing. Just <laughs> and then nothing at all. And, and a matter of fact, uh, it more than nothing. Uh, Newport County ties it up at two. It was United committed the cardinal sin, man. They fell asleep in the last ten minutes of the half, and then I don't, I don't know what Tin Hog must have said. Did he hypnotize the team at halftime? Because Newport comes out and uh, Evan just bangs it. I'm just like, I, yeah. I literally like uh, was in the other room and I like walked in. I was like. Wait, what happened? Right, I, I was like, they're going nuts. I was like, what, what's? I assume I just, in the other room assumed the United goal had gone no. in, the way they, and I was like, uh, what? The, one of one of the goals takes a big deflection, but still, it was an awesome strike. You know, Lissandro Martinez uh, hits off of his leg, just go sends the keeper the complete wrong direction, uh, and then the other one, though, there's no excuse for it. It's like if when the ball goes in the box, dude, get it out of there. Like it, like okay, it finds the feet of a. Of a Newport County player, after it bounced like three times, just clear it, bro. Just, I, just clear. It. Like it's okay. Mark, you can kick the ball. And the the only sorry, real quick. No, the, no, no. The, you're good. The only like worrying thing. I mean, I have plenty to be worried about with Manchester United. So not the. We but the only do. worrying thing about this is that we got a ton of guys back in this one, and this is. That was not far off from United's strongest eleven. Uh, they, they treated the competition with respect, <laughs> and and I thought that the competition treated United with respect by giving them like a, a just a little minor right. dose of like, and this is the magic of the cup, brother. Right. It, but yeah, Martinez and Shaw were back, and I'm like, and Casemiro was back, and I'm like, this is not far off from our strongest eleven, and we just they just equalized. The second goal looked like one that we conceded as the trash pandas on the front end. Like, there were a lot of deflections. I didn't clear it. I had, like, two chances at it. I, I took a half cut. It did not come home. Suddenly, it's in the back of the net. And I just looked around. I was like, guys, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm bad at soccer. What do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? Uh, Blackburn closes out. 4-1 winners over Wrexham uh, to close that thing on Monday. Here's your draw. Blackburn going to host Newcastle in the fifth round. Chelsea or Villa will host Leeds or Plymouth Argyle. I'll be interested to see how Argyle intends to promote at the Plymouth Argyle matches rolling through. Uh, Bournemouth will host Leicester. Liverpool will host Watford or Southampton. Bristol slash Forest, they'll host Manchester United. Wolves, Brighton, that one's at Molyneux. Sheffield Wednesday or Coventry will host Maidstone United. And then Luton is going to host Man City. So that will be your fifth round draw. 
uh, February 7th, 8th. I think that's where all those replays are going to fall as far as that goes for for all that stuff. So uh, plenty of fun in the cup still to have us. We have a bunch, a bunch of replays. I think this was the last round for replays. Um, And then I think starting in the fifth round, we go to pins if you don't get that thing done. So it should be interesting. should be interesting for sure. That's Matt Burton. I'm Ryan Chapman. This is the Soccer Show here on 107.7 The Franchise, brought to you by Oklahoma City FC and the Broadway Clinic. And on the other side, we're going to dive into the return of the Premier League. Had some big matches, had some outhousery, and we had a big Liverpool win. We'll break down all that and more coming up. This is the Soccer Show here on The Franchise. You're listening to The Soccer Show, brought to you by Oklahoma City FC and the Broadway Clinic on 1077 The Franchise. Closing out the show here on The Franchise. This is The Soccer Show, brought to you by Oklahoma City FC and the Broadway Clinic. Ryan Chapman alongside Matt Burton. And Matt, we were back in a big way on Tuesday. The Premier League was back. From our nice little winter break, though winter, even though it was the festive period, whatever, we returned and we had some good ones. Uh, let's just dive straight into it, Matt, as we just got a little bit of time here closing out the show today. Uh, for me, not a lot of big like headline takeaways for Arsenal and Nottingham Forest, other than it took a little bit for Arsenal to kind of get back into gear. Uh, Forest scored the late, late, late yeah. one, but... This one never felt like it was going anywhere, but that, which, uh, again, is just really important for Arsenal to continue to take care of business as you've got City now fully healthy. Liverpool moved uh, on Wednesday back to, what was it, five points at the yep. top, if I, if I remember correctly. Uh, Spurs had a really nice performance we're going to talk about here in a second. And so uh, for Arsenal, like it, not every time out has to be super sexy. It just has to be effective. And th- this is the kind of business-like business like workmanlike performance, excuse me, that's the words I was looking for, that we saw from Arsenal a lot before they faced off with City in the FA Cup uh, from that kind of period where, where City were a couple of games in hand and Arsenal built out that point league. It was stuff like this where, where Arsenal were just on top of it and, and no big letdowns uh, in last year's title race. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It, you know, Arsenal had to get back uh, on some sort of winning streak. Got two in a row now. Uh, just stack three points, man. Keep yourself, just keep yourself within striking distance. Uh, as we come down the stretch here. But, I mean, great finish from Bukayo Saka, too, on the right. Um, you're just, uh, I mean, on his right foot, which that doesn't happen a ton. He loves cutting back into the left. Yeah, but that was a great finish from him uh, in that one. And then, hey, Awanyi always scores. Just saying. <laughs> he's, uh, he's a fantasy Premier League legend <laughs> yeah. just because of uh, you're sitting there going, hey, the game's thrown away. Awanyi doesn't care. He's going to keep yep. firing. He's going to keep rocking it. Uh, Fulham and Everton, that one goes nil-nil. Uh, we mentioned, kind of alluded to, it was what Luton did, not just winning, but uh, building a big point, a uh, goal differential, excuse me, that we'll see there. Uh, Everton have kind of come back down to earth a little bit. They played with that emotion right on the heels of the um, points deduction, but now that they've kind of hit a little bit of a dry spell. Um, overall, I'm not as worried still, just because I think defensively they're the strongest of everything in the bottom five. Uh, I have no idea what's going to come from the second batch of yeah. uh, PSR stuff. I don't know what force is going to deal with. That, that's kind of like the unknown. It's just the table we have it. I'm not in full-blown panic mode, but they need to start scoring some goals. And for me, the other side is you're seeing that 
Fulham are really, really, really struggling. You get like a great moment of Willian here and there, but uh, they are still, they've they've found no answer for uh, Mitrovic kind of asking out wanting that payday for Saudi right, right, right before the Premier League season started. And, and, and Fulham uh, kind of uh, n- not going to be able to build off of last year's really strong push. That yeah. They seem firmly in that like 12th to 15th, s- somewhere in there. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, they're, I mean, they're going to be safe. It's just, yeah, it's just not it's very the uninspiring yeah. safe for sure. And then, yeah, Everton, man, like kind of alluded to last segment, but um, yeah, in the relegation zone now. And I, again, I know that has to do with the point deduction, but still, you got to you got to play the hand you're dealt. And uh, that's that's got to be uncomfortable seeing Everton back in the relegation zone. It looked like they were, you know, about to kind of take off a little bit. Yeah. And when you look at what else is happening in the relegation zone, shout out to Luton. They came out, Woo. they rolled straight through. They took that FA Cup momentum and charged forward, shipping four past Brighton, all first, uh, well, three in the first half, and then uh, Adebayo completed his hat-trick there on the 56th minute, all before the first hour had elapsed. Uh, a first-minute goal from Adebayo, uh, doubled up by Obagni, then then he scores, strikes again right before half to get on his brace, circles back, finishes it off on the 56-minute mark, and uh it was fun to see not just Luton enjoying themselves, but uh, you got to see them get to go out and play on the front foot. And not yeah. like every point is massive, every win is massive. It was cool to see the fans, the Hatters fans, just really enjoy it and uh, just kind of get to to sing a little bit and beat their chest. That, that's one of those Premier League nights that I think they're going to remember for a long time. No, absolutely. That's a that's a great moment for Luton Town, man. Uh, you know, out of bio, that was what a performance from him. He was awesome. I don't know if you saw the. Uh, one of the goals he had, again, he had three. Uh, but one of the goals he had, him and, uh, was it Lewis Dunk? Is his name for Brighton? Last name Dunk. Yeah. Is, I think it is it Lewis. I can't remember if it's Lewis or not. But they both just weren't looking at all. Obviously, Adebayo's very excited because he just scored. He's going to go run and, uh, you know, celebrate with the home supporters. They're both not looking and both just like decleat each other. Out. <laughs> it, it, they, like, get, we, we had to get a stretcher out yeah, for the Sally. It, it was bad. It was bad. It was bad indeed. But uh, Luton suddenly lease on life. They're out of the drop zone for now. For now, indeed. Brighton, what are you doing? Uh, Brighton, oh. Brighton have been really bad. Really bad. Uh, I wonder if Deserbury has been on the phone with Barcelona at all. Uh, this is not the the season you would want to to go and and use that platform to go and grab. Uh, another job. I, they just haven't had enough consistency up front for me. And then it's just a weird double-edged sort of when they have scored, they conceded goals. So it's like the, the big yeah. goal explosion. Nice. They've kind of wasted. It's kind of interesting. Uh, we had a goal explosion from Crystal Palace. They've struggled Dude. to score, but Sheffield just cannot defend. Sheffield can't do it. Palace, 3-2 winners over Sheffield. Elise in the 67th minute. He gets that winner. This was like a wild first half hour. Is yeah. like Between um, Luton and Brighton and Palace and Sheffield, uh, goal zone, goal rush, whatever it is, uh, goal rush. I think it was just a, it was a Looney Tunes. It re- it really was, man. Um, yeah, I mean, you have a a goal in the first what twenty twenty five seconds for, <laughs> yeah, for Sheffield of, United uh, <laughs> of both matches, right? Uh, so I mean that, and then yeah, like you mentioned, the first half hour, four goals in the first you know twenty seven minutes in this one. Uh, as a, I mean, he had a couple of really good strikes. I mean, the, the uh, and also I love the, I mean. Crossing the box, the keeper thinks he's going to go catch it, and then you just kind of flick the just leg, flick up, it over, yeah, ninja kick it, and and just boom, right there. Um, man, Elise, dude, I I like his game a lot. I, I will say, 
I did pick. Weird, weird how you like his gate. Have there been any reason why you might have been paying uh, some extra attention to Elise? You know, maybe that he, uh, maybe he called game on us one time. Yeah, was, yeah, yeah. He called game with the last minute free kick. Uh, but no. Uh, like his game a lot. I did pick this one last week as the crap game of the week. That's because Crystal Palace just basically didn't even show up against Arsenal and Sheffield United is Sheffield United. But you know, watching this one, this was one of the most exciting games this week. And yeah. so I was dead wrong. Again. It was. It turned up being a full Neverton. That was the crap game of the week. Uh, as the final one on Tuesday was Newcastle and Villa. The, uh, Newcastle just ran riot here. Uh, it was yeah. pretty much yeah. one way traffic until Ollie Watkins popped up and got the. I guess it's not meaningless for goal difference, but like the, the result had been decided. And even after that, Villa didn't really take that goal and even try to get back to the game. You had lightning that struck twice inside five minutes off of uh, basically two set pieces, essentially. They got that thing going. But Newcastle were just absolutely peppering Villa's back line. Uh, and Villa have looked really... Um, you go all the way back to their Carabao Cup tie with... Uh, not the Carabao Cup, excuse me. The FA Cup tie with Middlesbrough and... They've just looked pretty lethargic. Like, obviously, Chelsea lost 1-0 at the Riverside, and they won 1-0 at the Riverside. So, uh, better than, uh, you know, Chelsea and what other teams had done. But then they rolled into that. They looked pretty toothless uh, against Chelsea in that FA Cup match. It's going to be a replay. Didn't really create a lot here. I I don't know if... It's just odd that coming off of the break that... uh, They've not really had it. It'd be more understandable if they had maybe, like, run out of gas, like right before you took a, a, a t- 10 days or whatever, but it, they, they just seem like they might be stretched a little thin because yeah. they, they, they look like they've got some tired legs, which is not a good sign as a lot of other clubs around them look refreshed, Newcastle included. Newcastle looked like uh, the, the, the type of team we saw at, toward the start of the season where, where mm-hmm. they, they could really pop up and bite you even though they, they had had that treacherous schedule in the first five uh, match week. Yeah, I mean, Anthony Gordon was and has been All very active, very, very active. Um, you know, for the attack there for for Newcastle, I, I will say that West Ham kind of passed the September Heisman on to Aston Villa. Yeah, and it's going to be one of those things like it. You got to treat it like a hot potato. Okay, you can't you can't hold on to it and hoist it very long. It's a hot potato. No, we're not going to be there. We're we're here for the long haul because uh, that just it just weighs you down. And yeah, Villa, uh, they're going the wrong direction. They look weighed down. They look weighed down for sure. Uh, Spurs take care of Brentford three two. I thought this was pretty simple. Uh, Mope, he he is the uh, I think he might be the top outhouser as we did last week in uh, in the Premier League. I hate him too, but I kind of admire it. Um, <laughs> I honestly think this was as simple as Mope. They got the crap goal, and then uh, Brentford just like refused to play football for the next like ten minutes, and it really <laughs> frustrated Spurs. And I think it was like as simple as get to halftime. Pasta Coglu did a really good job at halftime, kind of resetting because Spurs came out like a just an absolute house of fire. Uh, two goals in the first five minutes to get it straight back. They fired the third one off with Carlson. Tony got one back, but Spurs saw this thing out. I thought they were much more composed. I thought they got the balance a lot better in the last 30 minutes of this game as well, something that I've been pretty critical of. So that's huge improvement, especially coming off. That, that was like the next thing that they need to turn out. We, we've, we understand how you want to play. Now you have to find a way to be that progressive, that on the front foot while protecting those leads. And so, uh, Spurs did that. I thought that was a really like just mature performance when things could have gone sideways because because yeah. emo- uh, the, the emotions were absolutely flowing. And it's on the same day that, that City absolutely batters Burnley three one. I don't have many thoughts on that, but we do have a decent breakdown of the Liverpool game. But any thoughts on Spurs? Before we get to that. Um, I'm I'm glad they won this after the Neil Mopay stuff. I 
I don't like that guy. Don't he's, reward him for he's it. He's Patrick Beverly, Draymond Green to me. Like, yeah. Maybe more Draymond Green because Draymond has more of an impact on like, you know, because Nimmo P, he, he can pop up score goals. Like, I, I'm not like going to be a, just a total hater. Um, but he, he's definitely the guy that just gets under your skin for no reason. Like, I don't know why he's doing the James Madison, like, dart celebration. <laughs> and then, like, you know, for whatever reason, like, hitting him after, like, he's, like, hitting James Madison after. I don't know. He's infuriating. I, I just he's don't like that guy at all. He's uh, he's infuriating to watch, which I guess makes him really good at his job. And and I, I truly think that, like, Spurs were a little thrown out their game for, uh, you know, 15, yeah. 20 minutes there. But, again, great job by not just the leadership uh from both Pasta Coglu, but obviously those leaders uh, in the locker room to, to come out and just be like, hey, mm-hmm. let it go. Play the second half. We're better than this team, and that's what you got. That's what you got indeed. And then we got uh, the late game on Wednesday, Liverpool and Chelsea. A streak was broken in this match, Matt. Seven straight times <sighs> these two teams had drawn after 90 minutes. Not anymore. Liverpool fire four past Chelsea. Four one winners. It opened with Diogo Yoda. In the 23rd minute, then you had Bradley, which is an incredible goal. We're going to talk about Bradley here in a second. Uh, there was a missed pin in there as well by Nunez, who I think is maybe the most infuriating player to watch. It, I feel so awful for Liverpool fans. I think he's awful. He, he <laughs> Like, the second he turns and has any kind of space, he just fires some ridiculous shot from, like, 25 yards out and misses everything every time. It, he he is infuriating. I was annoyed for – it should have been five at half right. if – if uh, Darwin just had any kind of footballing brain, he's just an idiot, I think. But sorry. <laughs> uh, great skill. And I felt bad. Liverpool were creating great chances and just it, it, they'd fall to him. And I'm just like, I'm sorry, guys. Like, it, it, and anyway, I uh, came in here ready to make a big deal for you, by the way. We'll get to that here in a second. Yeah, okay. We'll, we'll okay. get to that here in a second. Uh, Slavatsai then has a just phenomenal header. Uh, off of a Bradley cross, which we'll get to that in the second ball. Bradley was awesome, like we said. And Kuku was uh, Chelsea's best player, not named Petrovic. And Petrovic had 10 just idiots in front of him. Uh, he got one back <laughs> in the first minute. Then Diaz, it was already killed off, but he killed it off. Uh, there was, uh, for me, a stonewall pin that was missed yeah. in the first five minutes. Uh, Connor Gallagher, it wasn't like a aggressive or, or anything like that. It was just uh, Virgil van Dyke did go through Gallagher. But... I actually think it would have been worse for Chelsea. <laughs> and here's why. I thought Maurizio Pochettino's game plan coming into this was absolutely insane. So Chelsea were waiting on uh, Carney Chukwemeka, who may not seem like a big deal, but he's been Chelsea's best number 10 probably. Uh, he was probably only cleared for about 30 minutes of action. It was clear that Nkunku was only cleared for 45 minutes of action. Uh, right back Malagusto was only cleared for 30 minutes of action. So you saw at halftime Nkunku came on. In the 60th ish minute, you got Gusto and you got um, uh, Carney that came on, and it felt like that Potch set the team up to just try and draw for the first 45 minutes until you could get to where yeah. some of your better players came. Going to Anfield and playing like that is just absolutely insane. Mm-hmm. I thought that Liverpool did a really great job of immediately recognizing what was happening, and Bradley playing on the back line was a huge part of this because he then basically gave himself the freedom to go maraud forward. It was great in that role, but also he got all the way back. And he was really strong defensively. I thought he was just sensational, including his rip. I thought the his his cross into Slavic side was even better. Uh, but you saw, like, um, Caicedo and Enzo uh, Fernandez had nowhere to go when they'd win the ball. Connor Gallagher was supposed to be playing the 10 and pressing, but he didn't really do that, um, which just left Cole Palmer, Raheem Sterling, totally isolated for the first 45 minutes. Chelsea basically played defense for 45 straight minutes. And, and so... I. Getting that goal and sitting back even deeper, I actually think Liverpool would have scored more in the first half in a weird way. 
Um, I, pins change games. Goals change games. Absolutely. I don't think that one would have. Uh, and, and by the end of the half, Liverpool had got the pin back that Nunez. Uh, guess what? You're Nunez right. couldn't hit the broadside of a freaking barn. <laughs> so that was a wash. Uh, in the second half, they had another penalty shout. Uh, where Nkunku got stepped on by Van Dyke. I'm, I'm not really huge on those being penalties, but it felt like kind of similar to the other penalty that was awarded. Yeah. Either way, it was not going to matter. Liverpool were like so much, like they had just totally throttled down. And again, I, I thought Gordon was just absolutely, and by Gordon, I mean Bradley. I don't know where Gordon yeah. came from. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I still thinking of Ant Gordon, apparently. Yeah, right. I, I thought Bradley was incredible. And this this was just, Liverpool looked sharp. They looked red. They, they, they didn't waste any time against Norwich. They absolutely shredded Chelsea's back line. Who uh and and Bradley recognized he had um Badia Shield, who's a center half, playing left mm. back in front of him on that cross, and so he just got straight behind him and fired it in. I, like it was just a, a great recognition. L- Liverpool look like they're ready to go toe to toe with City uh here for this last back half of the season, which is fun from a title race perspective. It is, yeah. I mean Liverpool it just man, that's what I was about to say. Like I was ready to come in here, you know, just just hot for you. Like just just like, hey, I I'm on your side. That's a stonewall penalty, that's textbook. That changed the game, and I, I don't know if I feel that strongly about it now after after four one. But, <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, yeah, it's, but I, I, I still feel strongly that I'd it like should have been. I'd like to yell about VAR. But it I didn't cost yell. the game, but VAR was still bad today. Right, but I want to still yell. Okay, uh, but no, I, I, Liverpool, man, they are uh, firing on all cylinders, and I say all cylinders. They don't even have their main cylinder and attack. Yeah, yeah with with Mo Salah still still out with injury, so. Uh, that's that's scary. That's scary that Liverpool could do this uh, with still without Mo Salah. It just shows just how good they are, man. I just and I hate it. It should be a ton of fun. Liverpool and City and Arsenal feel like they've. Uh, I know that Spurs are still sitting right there, but it, it feels like Spurs might be just a, a year away in that project, just because they're in the first year of their manager, yeah. still trying to get, still trying to tweak some things, as opposed to uh, Liverpool, City, and Arsenal, who have, who have been bedded in, obviously with. Uh, Arteta, Klopp, and uh, and uh, Pep. So should be a ton of fun. I'm looking forward to it a bunch. We're going to uh, less heavy on uh, the manager's moves meant that it, we had to kind of clear out at the start of the show. But uh, next Thursday, looking forward to another great weekend of action. Can't wait to break all that down. But, Matt, we've run out of time here. Big shout-out to Matt Burton. Thank you, as always, for putting up with me, frankly. Uh, I'm Ryan Chapman. A big shout-out to... Oklahoma City FC and the Broadway Clinic for their continued sponsorship here of the Soccer Show. Don't forget, if you missed any of it, just search The Soccer Show on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. It'll be out Friday morning. Other than that, I hope you have a good one. We can't wait to talk to you next Thursday here on The Soccer Show.